to Pastor's Prophecy Hour, your midweek installment of the Greater Life Church podcast. I'm Landon, and I'm here today with our associate pastor, Moises Zayas, who's going to be teaching us about transhumanism. Pastor Moises, what is transhumanism, and how does it relate to biblical prophecy? So it's part of a bigger issue, Landon. Transhumanism is the idea that humans should transcend their current natural state and limitations through the influence of technology and science. Frankly, it's just pretty much human beings saying there's a problem with us. And through the acts of technology and science, we need to enhance the human experience. It is a general greater problem that it's linked to many of our issues that we face today. Going back to Satan going after our offspring as a way to alter the genetic creation that God intended from the beginning. All right, let's get into it. We're going to have some fun tonight. All right, so... um, As Pastor Andrew mentioned last week, uh, today we're going to be talking about transhumanism. Um, From talking to some of you guys in the back, I I noticed that a lot of you actually are very familiar with the topic. So um, tonight is is Pastor's Prophecy Hour, but it's really, it's the Associate's Pastor Prophecy Hour. So (laughs) I wanted to make sure that we throw that up there. (laughs) That wasn't my idea. That wasn't my idea. If you know, you know. Okay, still a good idea though. Yeah, that's right. So, um, like transhumanism falls into a large category of, um, of human alterations that fight against the original human seed. Okay? Um, I, I had a lot of things that I put together and I wrote a lot of it down because it's a lot of information. But in other words, transhumanism, um, it has been determined that the, the, with transhumanism, they've determined that the human design is flawed, therefore, it needs to be altered, uh, upgraded, right, from his original design. It's the idea that humans should transcend their current natural state of limitation through the influence of technology and science. In other words, um, we should embrace self-directed human evolution. David Pierce, a leading proponent of transhumanism and co-founder of Humanity Plus, says, and I'm, I'm going to quote this, if we want to live in paradise, we will have to engineer it ourselves. If we want eternal life, then we will need to rewrite our bug-written genetic code and become godlike. Only high-tech solutions could ever eradicate suffering from the world. And he finishes with this statement, and see, he says, Compassion alone is not enough. You know, what I love about this pastor's prophecy hour is it it always starts with like a heavy topic, right? Like everybody's like, really, are we going to talk about that? You know? And and what's interesting to me is that a lot of us take this information and, and initially, you know, conspiracies are conspiracies until they're not. Right? If we if I would have told you three years ago or five years ago that we would be mandated to stay at home, 
in lockdowns, that our children wouldn't be able to go to school, that we would be forced to wear masks, that we would have to uh, get vaccinated in order to get service at certain places or leave the house or, you know, that, that the health care will be denied based on, on, on the refusal or, or certain things that we practice or don't practice or the simplicity of our genders will be at question and will be overwritten constantly and that the cryptocurrency will grow out of control and will question the value of the dollar at some point or that 60% of our currency that is actually actively rotating in our world was printed in the last 12 months, the majority of us would say, come on, man, you're crazy. Right? If I would have told you that three years ago, you would have been like, get out of here. You're one of those wacky guys, man, reading, watching YouTube videos. That people will be censored for sharing their opinions. Not in America. This is the land of the free. <laughs> right? You would have probably looked at me and you're crazy because conspiracies are conspiracies until they're not. And as much as we want to ignore these things, for something that doesn't actually exist, it is interesting that we should sit here and during these topics, we kind of talk about these things and give it some thought for a second. I mean, I, I was talking to somebody outside and I said, you know, sometimes I try not to look at these videos because I can't sleep at night because it's so real, right? A lot of the people and their explanations and you're like, that's right. And yeah, that did happen. I remember that. And he was where? Wow, <laughs> you know? But the leaders of this group argue that we are obligated to pursue technological scientific uh, uh, efficiency relentlessly until we achieve our godlike destiny of infinite power with our bodies. Instead of serving God, we're becoming like God, in essence, and overriding God in a way. And if you're not familiar with, th with this term or, or, or um, transhumanism, I have a video that's like eight minutes long that it kind of shows the obsession of the people in our human race that look to expedite our extinction. They see it as an upgrade, but they'll tell you themselves, like, the human race is not going to last. I just want to be first in line to get over the hump, right? Take a look at this video with us. To the majority of us, life is hard, yet fairly simple. We live, we do things, we get sick and we die. And that's about it, full stop. Nothing we can do about it. To others though, that's not really the case. There is something we can do about it. And that is to change the basis of what it means to be human. Ben Geertzel is one of those guys. I met him at an AGI conference in Berlin. AGI stands for Artificial General Intelligence and it basically consists of a lot of very smart people who think we're close to creating super intelligent AI. I think digital immortality is definitely gonna happen. My hope is it happens within my own lifetime so I can take advantage of it. If it doesn't, I'm sure it will happen within the next century at worst. Is that what you're working towards now? Digital immortality is one of the goals I'm working towards. I aim to build an artificial general intelligence, an AI system that can become massively smarter than human beings and understand more about the universe than any human possibly could. Ben and others like him 
call themselves transhumanists. Transhumanism is the idea that we can improve man in all imaginable respects. The plan is to do this by way of science and technology. People in the world of transhumanism have a few common ideologies. One, for example, is that the human brain is limited and human evolution needs to be altered manually. Another is a pretty controversial one, that aging is something that should not exist. It's a disease. We really need to abolish aging in the same way that we need to abolish cancer and we need to abolish rape and murder. A aging, we just shouldn't allow, allow to exist. And the, the fact that everyone takes for granted, you know, there's no choice but to just get old, die and rot. I mean, in a hundred years, that will be looked on as insanely barbaric, the same way we look back on slavery as insanely barbaric now. In California, a foundation has been set up based on this idea. Created by British transhumanist Aubrey de Grey, it's called SENSE and works to abolish aging and age-related disease. They plan to do this by developing methods to slow down, stop and even reverse aging. Aging is a medical condition. In other words, it's something that has the potential in the end to be treated by, to be prevented by medicine. A life without involuntary death is a core belief in the transhumanist search for the future human. But as well as changing how our cells work, how else may we achieve this? Let's take a look at a few of the ideas proposed. First up, mind uploading, also called whole brain emulation. The mind is a pattern of organization rather than a specific collection of, of meat, of physical matter. This is the rather incredible idea that we can take an exact copy of our brains and place it on something like a hard drive. So the pattern of organization that is me, that is Ben Goetzel's mind, could be realized in a digital substrate, it could be realized in a quantum computer, could be realized inside some global computer network. That pattern of organization that is me could have many different kinds of bodies and different kinds of in incarnations and that should be really amazing to experience once it comes about. In this matrix-like existence, we would live in the silicon, or in other words, servers, and our new brains could be copied numerous times. So there could be many versions of ourselves theoretically placed in any type of body. It's not far-fetched to actually have that happen with our minds and have a way to download our mind into something that is like this. I mean, this is very early, so you know who knows what's, what it's going to look like in 2050 and, and, and the types of technologies that we'll have. But that's why we're doing what we do, so that we can advance that for the future. What, what will we look like in the future? Like a planet around a star. <laughs> Can we take a selfie together? Okay. Do you need me? If I took it, what would I do with the selfie together? <laughs> you would post it onto the internet and all your friends would think you were very cool. Okay, let's take a selfie. There we go. Mind uploading is a long way into the future, if it's even possible at all but there's already work going on to map the entire brain. And as we learn more, some scientists think it may be possible to replicate the content of our brains to create consciousness in a computer-like device. This takes us on to our next topic of discussion. Many transhumanists believe in the idea of the three supers. Super longevity, super intelligence, and super well-being. In other words, being superhuman. So, to the next in our list of possibilities, 
cybernetics and cyborgs. For me, it's a very practical scenario for the future that we will become cyborgs. Kevin Warwick is a British scientist who's known for being one of the world's first cyborgs. Cybernetics is all about humans and technology merging together. So as far as transhumanism is concerned, it's upgrading humans by linking with technology. In a way, we already have many breakthroughs that suggest a future in cybernetics. Advanced prosthetics, robots, and technology being merged more and more with our bodies. But in 2002, Kevin took it a step further. Tell me about your experiments. Well, what I did was to have 100 electrodes fired into my nervous system to link my nervous system with the computer. And in that way, we tried different experiments, giving me extrasensory input, ultrasonic senses, if you like, and linking my nervous system to the internet so that I could control a robot hand across the Atlantic Ocean via the internet, but also experience what the hand was feeling. So you could, you could actually feel within your body? Could you feel, you know, that kind I, of sensory? Could. You could, if someone touched it, could you feel? <laughs> How I was experiencing it was electrical pulses in my brain. So I could feel how much force the hand was applying as it was my third hand. Kevin's wife also joined in the experiment and he said they managed to communicate with each other brain to brain. I had electrodes in my nervous system and my wife had electrodes placed in her nervous system and we linked our nervous systems together. So literally when she closed her hand, my brain received a pulse. So it was a bit like telegraphy, if you like, a telegraph system, that we were able to communicate electrically, electronically, from nervous system to nervous system. And clearly the next step is simply doing the same thing, brain to brain. Kevin thinks this is the future, and he also thinks we'll exist in cyborg-like bodies that we can tinker with and replace like you would a car. Elsewhere, there's steady progress on a similar but biological idea. Scientists are already growing body parts out of cells with incredible success, helping us to live for longer. But in the world of transhumanism, the idea of moving away from the body is a common one. I think soon we'll be able to divide, design bodies we want so that everyone can look how they want. It's probably later we can start changing our minds to be how we want them to be. Many seeing a future of virtual bodies, like a new age version of the video game Second Life. And some even designing prototypes out of prosthetic, physical outer bodies. What if we could build new bodies that are healthier, more sustainable, longer lasting, regenerative and self-healing? Whatever we do though, transhumanists insist they need to be emerging with technology. Otherwise we run the risk of being taken over by it. If you want to stay in the future as a human, um, it, it's a very bleak future. If, if humans do exist, it will be in terms of being pets or as, as slaves, servants, that sort of thing. This is based on the notion of the singularity. Uh, singularity is a moment sometime in future when the AI and technology will emerge to a point where it will start accelerating so fast that it's practically impossible to predict what will happen in next step. Basically, a point in time in which some scientists predict computer processing will reach such an exponential level of growth that we could be surpassed in intelligence by super-intelligent AI. That's pretty awful, right? I mean, so if you notice in the video, they, they end up, and I cut it because they get into that, the moral aspect of things, and we're going to discuss a little bit of this, but um, if, if they're justifying real issues like cancer and things that need address from a scientific standpoint to take care of things like aging and dying 
right, and justify one thing with the other. The one thing I want to mention tonight is a lot of this stuff is ready, right? As you can see, this is an experiment that happened in 2002, right? But they're, they're, they're running into a dilemma, into a moral dilemma. Funny, right? Um, and, and, and they have a solution for it, but they, it's almost like they can't make the call for it just yet. Here's the dilemma. A highly competitive social environment doesn't lend itself to diverse ways of being. It demands an increase of efficient behavior. So take a student, for example. If someone has access to pills to allow them to achieve better results, can other students not afford to follow it? This is already a problem. There's, there's an increasing number of students popping and forming enhancing pills. So pills that become more powerful, or they enhance, and the enhancement involve genetics engineering or intrusive nanotechnology that offers even stronger competitive advantages, where does that leave everyone, right? And, and here's where I'm getting at with this. When we experience this huge disparity between people, those who are willing to take up these things and make themselves better in a certain way, they're, they're going to create this huge disparity between the people who take it and the people who don't take it. The solution that they've come up with is that they say, and they quoted it this way, is it's progress on overdrive will require sacrifice. And, and as the majority of the people become more reliant on handouts of, for survival, market forces will determine that less social security means people will be willing to risk more for a lower reward. So leaders of this movement will reinvent the welfare state as a vehicle for fostering security risk-taking for people. And in essence, they, were, they will operate as venture capitalists in a larger scale. Now, does that sound similar at all to what we see in our world today in a way? So what, what would happen to the people that end up falling away and saying, I don't want to do this. I don't want to be part of the experiment. I don't want to evolve. I'm, I'm drawing the line right here. Right? Well, they're left with the scenario where there's a small elite group of people, very powerful people, that dominate the majority of the wealth of our country or the world. Right? And, 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 and a mass of people that refuse to comply with that but we're no longer suited to this evolutionary environment, so therefore, we depend on the benevolence of this very same group of elite people because they're pretty much controlling everything. Julian Savalescu, a biotech guy, suggests that morality-enhancing technology should be prescribed and potentially enforced to address the moral failings they seek to cure. Listen to this. And this is how, how he thinks we should cope with the idea. And I, and I wrote this quote here. And he says, we will need to relax our commitment to maximum protection of privacy. So you'll need to get over it. Right? Because we're seeing an increase in the surveillance of individuals. And that will be necessary if we are to advert the threats that those with antisocial Personality disorder, 
Did you knew that you had antisocial personalities? <laughs> Represent to their access to radically enhanced technology, right? Now, like I said before, transhumanism is just a part that falls into a big category of things, and I'm going to create this parallel tonight to see where, where the scripture falls into all this, and I, I, I'm going to jump into scripture now. So I want to talk, and I know we've talked a lot about this, and I want to talk about the days of Lot and Noah for a second. And, and a very popular verse that we've been talking about is in Genesis chapter 6, verse 4. I'll read it again, right? In those days and for some time after, giant Nephilites lived on the earth, for whenever the sons of God had intercourse with women, they gave birth to the children who became the heroes and famous warriors of ancient, ancient times. Now, as we know them, the Avengers. <laughs> I've always read that verse and thought, oh, that's where they come from. No. Um, it would be more like a DC because they're kind of darker. They're, they're like, they're evil kind of things. So it would be like, it would be like, what, what would it be like? What's that group called? The Suicide Squad. That's, that's who it would be. <laughs> um, so one of the biggest mysteries in scripture is this narrative that reveals that the race of superman su superhuman men called the giants roamed the planet and, and I'll tell you why I'm running this parallel I'm going to explain to you where this all comes from they're the fallen ones right and, and, and they were there prior to the Noah flood and, and Paul wrote that prior to the return of Christ the falling away will occur before the man of sin, the Antichrist, is revealed. But when counting the creation of Adam to the approximate years of the flood, we come to the year 1656. Moses wrote that the, there were 10 generations from Adam to Noah and recorded the age of each man when, they were, when their firstborn son was, was born. We are uncertain how many children they were, Right, but when we do the math, um, the math based on the lifespan of these people, they have come to the conclusion that there were about 235 million people on earth at the time of the flood. Now, there's still an unanswered question to all this, okay? And, and, and it's that we don't know how many giants were living during the flood. What we know is that tens of thousands of them could have, could have spread all over and scattered all over the world at the time. Now, in Genesis chapter, five, chapter 6, verse 5, it says, The Lord observed the extent of human wickedness on the earth, and he saw that everything they thought or imagined was consistently and totally evil. evil. That word imagine, when you go back into the Hebrew, all right, it's important because it comes from the word jetzer, okay? And it's referred to as a word like conception, Okay, this idea of conception is that the heart was continually evil, right? But it could also mean that the men were caught up in this man-giant conception sweeping through the world. In other words, these giants that existed at the time prior to the flood were in essence pushing this agenda of creating these superhumans through conception. All right? So this procreative manipulation not only affected humans, but a careful study of specific phrases in Genesis chapter 6 indicates that some form of manipulation also involved animals. 
Okay? So this is not new. God warned that they would destroy both men and beasts. Sexual perversion had been taken to a whole nother level. Right? In this narrative, we see that prophetic parallel with today's genetic manipulation of DNA. Researchers have used the DNA of both animals and humans as they attempt to evolve humanity with technology and science. So they suggest that eventually parents will have the ability to determine what color eyes their, their kids have, what gender they are, what, what they look like, what their hair looks like, all done through DNA manipulation and genetics mo modification. Which, just so you know, this is, this is one of the big things with the, with the vaccine and all this stuff because there's certain ingredients in there and all this stuff. I'm not going after people with vaccines or not. I'm just saying. All right? That's why that was a big deal. And it still is. <laughs> Be careful. No, I'm just kidding. The point is that this is not new stuff. All right? Human beings, for one reason or another, have been obsessed with this genetic evolvement for one reason or another. Right? So researchers, uh, biblical researchers believe that undocumented mingling of these seeds led to strange creatures being birthed that had both humans and animal features. It kind of looks something like this. <laughs> so, <laughs> because it, it can't be proven, I had to make a picture. So, it, even in, in animal form, I'm still the smallest. Have you noticed that? <laughs> All right, take that off the screen before people take screenshots. We don't want that on the, on the podcast, okay? I just wanted to give you an idea, all right? I just wanted to give you an idea. We have to put T-shirts on the guys because, I mean, they've been hitting the gym pretty hard. Not like us. <laughs> so it, it is suggested that the, some of the early signs, I love having a media guy. He, get, he makes all these things happen. You just tell him the idea, and he's able to make it happen for you. He suggested that some of the early signs in, in the heavens and, 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 and Greek and mythology are based upon these genetic mixtures that were part human and part animal. Had God permitted the fallen angels to continue their perversion without wiping out most of the human race, all flesh would have been perverted and the world as we know it would not exist. So we have Noah, who's kind of chosen as this like untainted DNA, which is very interesting, by the way. I, don't, I can't get into all that tonight, but looking at the reason why Noah was this untainted DNA, it's, it's amazing. And would kind of move humanity forward. Because the fallen angels, giants, and their offsprings have corrupted the bloodline of humanity. The Cain lineage was the seed of Satan, while Noah was the seed of Seth, or, or the lineage of Seth. Now, when did... Let me ask you a question. So when, when did idolatry become a thing? When did it begin? In Scripture, there, there is no record of idols, okay, prior to the flood. We, we begin to see the first warnings of worshiping idols or other gods when the Israelites leave Egypt, okay? It's when we first see that warning, right? Several early church fathers indicate that both giants and their children were giving names. 
and centuries later, they were worshipped as gods. So, with that said, while the generation of giants was extinct or exterminated during the Noah flood, their, their, their journey, kind of like their spiritual influence, continue on through generations after that. Christ compared the events surrounding his return to the days of Noah and Lot. Now, from the conclusion of the flood to Abraham's birth, it was about 345 years. Giants were on the earth before and after the flood, okay? Jewish history and tradition state, and I had a bunch of books and stuff that I could have quoted up here, but I didn't want to get into all that tonight because they're not really... Uh, it's, it's hard to say. I'm, you're just using one, one, one book to kind of say, well, it's similar to what this is saying, so it's basically explaining to what this was saying, and you see certain words in here that apply here, and it, it, but it could get kind of confusing a little bit. So a, a second, according to this Jewish books, a second group of angels came down, and pretty much history began to repeat itself in a way. Because you see David slaying a giant. That's after the flood. So there was some kind of new development of giants that took place after the flood, in fact. Peter wrote about the overthrow of Sodom and Gomorrah and how God turned them to ashes as an example to others who would follow their sins. Peter also alluded to the flood of Noah and mentioned that God spared eight souls. Now, the, the statement Peter makes in the Bible agrees with the commentary that we find in these Jewish writings that I was just referencing about. Now, I'm, I'm giving you this whole idea, okay? And I'm getting to a point. I'm, it's a lot of buildup, and you guys are sitting there like, what? <laughs> so we say that there's a new level of humans, right? The, the seed disruption, the... the, the, the enter the biblical record during the, the Abraham and Lot days. There's this new, right, group of people. So we, when we see in the story of Lot, we see that God sends these two angelical beings to kind of survey or kind of watch over the city or inspect the city and what they were doing. And Lot immediately takes them inside not because he wanted to be a good host, but because he was trying to protect them. The Bible talks about the old men and the young men of the city, as soon as nightfall hit, came to the door. It wasn't just two people that came to the door. It's like all the men of the city wanted to get to know these men. They told Lot, let them out so that we may know them. That didn't mean introduce ourselves, okay? <laughs> that was a whole nother scenario there they wanted to have sex with them <laughs> yes <laughs> yes and we know that in the beginning God's first covenant is for marriage okay and the idea of sexual perversion was introduced through the fallen angels some argue that the angels are genderless so they say how can they possibly have that right and it is true when they're in spirit form Right? But it's not the same, but when they take on themselves a flesh nature, they can eat, speak, and practice these things. Now, we understand the importance of marriage and that covenant that God created. 
of a man and a woman procreating and conceiving a son or a daughter for the human lineage to remain in that, in that construct of what God initially created, then why were giants birthed and men came, became attracted to men and humanity obsessed with the questioning of concepts to the point of waiting and override the design originally implanted for God? What, what's the point here? What's the point here? Well, when we see the battle in Scripture... It has always been for the promise of God. The, the battle in Scripture has always been towards the promise of God or against the promise of God. Now, if, if we see in the parable of the sower, the seed of the world is God's word, and the seed is unable to germinate properly because of the bad soil. There's no spiritual growth in that. The ultimate purpose of the giant's offspring was to corrupt the seed of all men, preventing and tainting the seed of the woman that was promised to defeat the power of Satan. Okay? So it, it's prophecy that is there from the beginning. We looked at it as one instances. We look at it today and say, why are we having gender differences? Why are people dealing with these confusions? And why are we having these conversations about becoming something different, right? But the Bible says to Satan in the curse, he says, you are going to go after her offspring, and she will go after your offspring, okay? So from the beginning, Satan is referred to in Scripture as the seed killer, Okay? And we see this with Pharaoh and Herod when, when both instructed male infants to be slain and killed in the story, right? The corruption of human DNA has always been Satan's attempt to interfere with God's seed that was promised according to Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. Now, it, it is a constant pursuit to destroy the original plan of God's creation. But it was prophesied from the beginning. And I'll read it to you. It says, And I will cause hostility between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. She will strike your head, and you will strike her heel, his heel. Satan has been trying to introduce an offspring into our society that tends to go against the original offspring. At a higher level, we could agree that in front of all of it, transhumanism is just another form of seed alteration that defiles the plan of God. It's, it's Satan actively altering the seed and kill, not only altering it, but killing it, right? So I want you to take all these instances in life that you're looking at right now that tend to affect the seed, okay, or the offspring, the confusion, homosexuality, all these different things, transhumanism, all these different things. They're literally linked, according to Scripture, directly to the seed killer. Not only from an alteration standpoint, but from a killing standpoint. Okay? You want to know how? Take a look at this video. This is going to be kind of rough. And it is uh, extremely easy and uh, private and allows you to really self-manage your abortion. And, Charlie, I just really I want to share with you really quickly, like, this this year is 
mifepristone. This is the first of two pills you would take to end a pregnancy, and it would induce an abortion, this very pill, um, by blocking the hormone and allowing a pregnancy to grow. And I want to show you how easy it is and safe it is by taking it myself. You're taking it. Are you? Are you not? Are you? You're not pregnant, are you? Uh, I would say that this is going to end uh, a pregnancy. This would be my third abortion. So, like literally we just witnessed murder on live television. That's, that hits me different. I mean, you can see that lady quivering as she's taking this thing. That's not normal. I watch something like that and I think of my son. It is, I cannot believe how they're trying to normalize something like that. But it's all linked to the seed killer. It is one of many things that are justified because he will go after the offspring. That is his purpose. Okay? He is trying to destroy the plan originated by God in one way or another by altering the system through things like transhumanism or you name it. And we just... Just to witness, like, we would never show a video of someone being killed to death. But we just did. You follow me? That's how, that's how normalized it has become to understand that gender confusion, homosexuality, abor abortion, it's all being orchestrated by this seed killer, and we're considering it. We're looking at it like it's some kind of different category. Like one thing doesn't relate to another. And a woman literally sits there on TV laughing, but shaking at the same time. The, the, the guy interviewing her, are you really pregnant? Yes, this will be my third one. You know, it's, it's kind of sad to see humanity just constantly go against God and what he wants for our lives. It, it is almost like it's been kind of like our downfall from the beginning, and Satan knows it. I, I think if I came tonight and talked to you about anything tonight would be to bring awareness that these aren't outlier issues. My hope was that I would marry all this and tell you that from the beginning it was prophesied that he would go after our offspring, right, to destroy the plan that God intended for our lives. And it is important for us to not look at these issues are things that are just happening here, things that are happening over there, things that aren't really affecting this, things that aren't really affecting that, and know that it's, there's this mass plan behind all this. Similar things that we have witnessed as of late because of COVID-19 can relate to some of the demands that a program like this will force upon us as human beings. The compliance that we would need to put into place as people is very similar to some of the things that are being mandated for us to comply for, right? But I got good news tonight. The one thing we know in history is that every time human beings got out of control, going after the seed of God, he brought judgment. When, when the offspring was under danger, by practice or whatever the case may be, 
there comes a time where God says enough is enough. Right? The last event that the flood generation saw was water sweeping the earth. That's the last thing they saw. Daniel wrote, when the Antichrist assumes control, the end will be with a flood. This refers to unceasing wars and desolation that will span the entire world all at once. Does that sound familiar? There's a God that is watching all this. And if we can have hope on anything, is that he is making sure this doesn't get out of control. Because before we know it, he'll step in. It is also prophesied that, yes, Satan was going to go after the offspring, but that it'll be destroyed at the same time and that it was going to be protected, right? And nothing bad was going to happen to it. So we believe that although these attacks and this transhumanism and all these things should really bring awareness to us as people, we should be sitting here today understanding that, listen, this is not going to touch me. It's not going to touch me, but I need to be aware. I need to be aware for my family, for my kids, because these things seem beneficial a lot when they first initiate them, right? If you tell me, hey, Moises, you're going to live 10 years longer, I'll be like, sign me up, right? I'm going to have more energy. I'm going to have, you know, I was talking to a young lady early today, and she was mentioning about her, her gym. There's this guy that's in this alpha male program, okay? And once a month, they check the guy. They go to his house, check his blood, make sure all his organs, everything is maxed out at the level. And he's like, I'm, I'm as good. I'm the best version of me. I'm an alpha. He comes in the gym all crazy, right? <laughs> and I'm not saying it's bad. What I'm saying is we need to be careful. That as people, we don't sign up for things that lead us a certain path. And then it's too late for us to turn back and look back, Right? It is important that th- as these things are introduced as a benefit to us, right, that we understand that there's consequences to certain things, you know, that these things could end up having an effect, later consequences. I was talking to a friend of mine, and listen, I, I no ifs and buts about it here. I'm just going to tell you, his wife literally, as soon as she, was, she, she, she took the vaccine, she began having instant fertility issues. They already have three kids, never had an issue. What's, what, her cycles were normal, everything was great. As soon as she took the vaccine, instant issues with fertility. Her friend next door to her, same scenario. They actually can't even have kids, okay? I understand it affects people differently, but th- this is the awareness I bring up. This is not for everybody. I get it. It's different. But guys, be careful, Okay? These are signs and things that we should look at. I tell you sitting here tonight telling you, you know, my dad just sent me a picture because he's going to a trip in Honduras to preach. And he's sitting at the doctor's office sending me a text with a picture. I'm sitting here for my second shot. You know, I'm not. I said, Dad, be careful. (laughs) He said, it's too late now. (laughs) 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 You know? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, he'll maybe have fertility issues, so <laughs> don't have to worry about that. But guys, it, it's all relevant. It's all relevant, you know, and I'm not discounting one thing for the other. I know that there's probably people in the room that have made decisions for their personal life, and, and I get it, but 
I, I, I read these things and I see these things and they don't look so far away from where we're at. They look so much more closer, so much more familiar. And when I connect it back to scripture to say that there's an evil one behind all this, attacking the offspring, attacking the seed, the original plan of God, for one reason or another, we need to wake up and make sure that we're the ones driving, that we are the influence, that we're not letting the things happening around us dictate what we do and what we don't do, right? You may be the weirdo in the corner saying, no, not me, but stand firm on what you know to be true, amen? Can we agree on that? Let's pray tonight. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you. You give us the opportunity to have clarity on multiple topics, Lord, and through your word, you're, we're able to see connections and, and, and prophecies that help us understand and see our world today very clearly. I would pray that you would give us convictions that will help us, Lord, overcome our temptations, that, that, that will focus us on the things that you want us to accomplish and how you want us to walk through this life. Help us be in the moment, but at the same time, know how to stand firm and draw lines where they need to be drawn, Lord. For the sake of your reputation, Lord, and your gospel and the kingdom of God, who we represent, Lord. Thank you so much for making us part of your plans. Let us carry this out, Lord, just like you want us to. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to leave a five-star rating and review. If you'd like to hear more, be sure to subscribe to Pastor's Prophecy Hour on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. If you'd like to hear more from Greater Life Church, including our Sunday morning services, go to our website, greaterlife.church.